Two balls, two strikes. Christian Javier brings it. And it goes. Swanson touches one off. Five nothing Atlanta here in the left side. Swanson to first. The Browns are world champions. Your Atlanta Braves world champions, Joe Buck with the call right there. This is interesting to see your daily sports podcast about news, narratives, takes, and gambling. Oh, man. Uh, so after Monday Night Football, the Tuesday show was pretty slow. Yesterday, everything happened. Um, oh, my God. That's why we're a little late getting going. And I'm live on YouTube. Why not? And on Facebook. And is that it? No, I did not go live on Twitch because all the chess people last time I did that got really fussy with me. Today, we're going to talk about the trade deadline. We're going to talk about the college football playoff invitational committee or whatever. And we're going to talk about other things happening in college football. But we begin with the World Series. The Atlanta Braves win. Everybody making fun of the NL East all year long. The NL East, of course, as you know, as a sports friend, are the Miami Marlins, Philly, the New York Baseball Mets, Washington Nationals and the Atlanta Braves. That's two World Series in the last three years for that division. Washington and Philly. Or Washington and Philly. Washington and Atlanta, of course. Congratulations to the Braves. Uh, Joe Buck was one of the things that was trending last night. The Braves absolutely shit stomp all over the Astros. And what was uh, honestly a boring playoffs? It was just insanely boring. What a terrible, boring playoffs it was. This series at least went six, which was interesting, but it was just... Um, will be remembered for how utterly boring it was. Joe Buck pissed everybody off last night, which uh, was hilarious and awesome. I thought it was a great call myself. You want to listen to the call and see if you can pick out why Atlanta would be mad. So let's share the screen right here. Here's the tweet. This is courtesy of the Atlanta Braves. And here we go. 1-1 pitch. Flies into left center field. Well hit back at the wall. It is gone. A home run for Freddie Freeman. About that. Okay, here it comes. Here it comes. In what might be his last at bat for the Atlanta Braves, he's just made it seven to nothing. That's right. They were fussy because he called it what might have been his last at bat for the Atlanta Braves. He's a Freddie free agent. Ha 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 ha. Do you get it? Because of Freddie Freeman, he's a free agent. What's up? Yeah, that's a joke that I made myself. Who cares? I, I thought it was great. It documented the moment, and he's he's gonna go get paid somewhere, as he should. He made a ton of money, and he's a world champion. Uh, actually, you know what I don't know? I have to Google real quick. I feel bad about this, but not really. So hold on time. This is Water Cooler Conversation World Series. Oh, wait. Watch this. So if you Google it. Oh, look. look I'm going to share my screen. I love when Google does this. See how it does, like, the fireworks graphics? I love that when there's, like, a champion. That's really cool. I love when they do that. Okay. That's not what I need to do. World Series MVP. Who was it? Jorge Soler, he had a bomb last night. You want to Google it? Broski, and there's a couple 4K camera shots that were making the rounds on the internet last night that were really, really sick. So congrats to the Atlanta Braves. It's weird. Uh, the Georgia Bulldogs are number one in the nation, and Atlanta won the World Series. Georgia sports, notorious for taking second. I can't believe they won something. Times, this is strange. This is really strange. Okay, we have to move on to some uh, really upsetting news. One of the things that happened yesterday broke during the NFL trade deadline um, anticlimactic garbage thing that I always look forward to, but nothing happens. Henry Ruggs, who was on the 
Alabama national. Did they win the national championship? I actually don't think they did win the national championship. He might have won a national championship. But he was on the team with Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, and uh, Jalen Waddell. He's been with the Raiders for two years now. He has a Corvette. At a little after 3.40-something in the morning in Las Vegas, he got into a two-car collision, and uh, a passenger on a car that his Corvette hit uh, has died. She was 23 years old. The Corvette, the rugs, was driving, veered into a lane, and, and collided with the Toyota RAV4. The woman died. Ruggs has been uh, jailed and indicted on charges of DUI causing death. And... Um, yeah, incredibly sad, depressing stuff. So, and I don't know how much anybody knows about the National Football League, but the way that this is going to work is the uh, the uh, disciplinary protocols in the NFL were designed specifically for DUI. So he was facing a three to six game suspension if he had just been caught uh, driving under the influence. But causing death is a felony if he's convicted in in the state of Nevada. At which point he'd be subject to somewhere between thirty days and up to like two years and prison one year two years in prison um uh, people convicted of a felony who have served prison times time can come back to the nfl famously michael vick did that after going to fort leavenworth which is a place that very violent dangerous criminals are are, are sentenced to, to serve their time but a really sad depressing situation They're making the rounds on the internet yesterday was hey take the uber you're a millionaire or whatever but that's not how it works when you're a millionaire you know, like alcohol impairs your judgment. And he's like, I'll do it, whatever. He might have wanted to do it. He might have been having fun. He might not have just been out uh, going home. He might have been screwing around because he was drunk. But um, just unbelievably sad. And yeah, that's something that made the rounds yesterday. And we're going to be talking about, I'm sure the Raiders, uh, if I had to guess what's going to happen, I suspect that they're going to cut him. He's on his rookie deal. Nobody knows what's going to happen, but he has certainly played his last game this year regardless. And then next year, he might he might end up serving a full year suspension. He might serve six games plus be on the commissioner's exempt list. I don't know, but right now he's in jail, I believe. I'm not sure that he's been released on bond yet, but he was as of last night. And um, yeah, man, just absolutely tragic and crazy. Okay, let's talk about the uh, college football playoff. The selection committee for the college football invitational did everything yesterday, and they pissed everybody off, which was awesome. There are two green teams in the top four, which is all anybody wants. Number one is Georgia. Number two is Alabama. Number three is Michigan State. And number four is the University of Oregon. At number five, Ohio State. At number six, Cincinnati. Uh, College Football Reddit is the Twitter account you want to follow for having all of the narratives. This is, and they're, they're hilarious, man. They're so cool. So, a couple things to note here. Cincinnati is undefeated with two victories over Power 5 teams. And what's ironic is that Notre Dame is now ranked 10th. And... <laughs> they are benefiting more from losing to Cincinnati than Cincinnati is benefiting from beating Notre Dame. That is hilarious to me. Absolutely hilarious. After that, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole rankings. BYU is ranked. Kentucky's ranked. The biggest shock was Mississippi State is ranked 17th. Uh, I, I cover them. I get paid to cover them. They're really good. Like they're, People are underrating them. They have one of the best defenses in the country. I'm not joking at all. They're very good. Um, the other thing, the, the narrative to watch out of this that I found fascinating is one of the best predictions from the announcement was that the committee would jam Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa into the back end of the top 25 so that whoever Ohio State plays in the Big Ten Championship eventually winds up being good enough to count as a top 25 win so that perhaps the Big Ten could get Ohio State in or two Big Ten teams with Michigan State. Michigan State playing in the Big Ten West does still have to play Ohio State. They beat Michigan, but they also have to play Penn State, who's not ranked or that good, but uh, good enough to beat Michigan State. So... 
that's going to be a thing. Oklahoma is ranked number eighth. The team that got screwed the most, a lot of people will say Cincinnati. I kind of think it's Wake Forest. And if they go undefeated, we've got a problem on our hands because that, that means a victory over Clemson. And all of a sudden, you got a Power 5 team. So what are you going to do? You're going to do two SEC teams. You're going to do two Big Ten teams. And Wake Forest is not like one of these Power 5 schools or the group of five schools that you can screw around. That's a school with billions of dollars in endowment. It's not BYU or Utah or TCU throwing a hissy fit. They're an incredibly powerful group in an incredibly powerful state in North Carolina, which is like the center of college sports. And I, I wouldn't piss them off, and I wouldn't piss off the ACC. That's why North Carolina got away with all of their fake classes, because the ACC is low-key under the radar incredibly powerful other than that nothing really matters all the other teams i don't know why they do more than the top 10 oh yeah i know why because of ratings no one else is going to move up uh another interesting thing that came out of this because this is interesting to see is what would have happened in the bcs and i think that um you know it's not it's an imperfect system as well so the bcs would have cincinnati number two oklahoma number three alabama michigan state ohio state michigan notre dame oregon would be number nine wake forest would be number 10 which is where the committee had them uh other things that like houston is ranked penn state would be ranked uh, so the BCS, not perfect either. I think Mississippi State deserves some of the credit that they've been granted. So, I, I mean, what the hell? Who the hell knows? So, uh, you know, a great thing to think about would be to listen to a podcast about this kind of topic, which is uh, what my brother and I do on a podcast called Game Theory, where we talk about how, what the hell is going on in college football? Are we going to crown a champion? What should we do? Because I'll be frank with you. If Georgia runs the table and they win the SEC by more than seven points, if they win the SEC championship by more than seven points, I'm cool just voting them national champions. Like, this is getting silly. And... There's nothing that you can do if you feel like you're going to get screwed because, you know, the schools are powerful and it's about money and all that. And the only thing you can do is not watch is, which uh, is sort of what uh, I've been doing, to be honest with you, is just not watching. I watch Ole Miss now and I watch what I have to cover. So, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I mean, there's no, we have no recourse. University of Texas San Antonio, they're undefeated. And the best comment I saw from Reddit of the night was, what the meep is this? Where, where were they ranked? Were they ranked? Oh, no, they weren't because they're losers. They're undefeated, but they're not ranked in the college football playoff committee. Bunch of loser douchebag twats. Okay, the story that dominated the news yesterday, if it wasn't such a newsy news day, this is a real headline. Longhorns special teams coach Jeff Banks's stripper girlfriend's emotional support monkey. Okay, so Texas special teams coach. Girlfriend is a stripper. She has a monkey. That monkey bit a trick-or-treater. Do you need that one more time? Texas, special teams coach. Girlfriend, who's a stripper. Nothing wrong with that. She has a monkey that is a quote-unquote emotional support monkey. It attacked a human. A baby. Uh, so local beat reporters are saying that they're the monkey had to be pried off of the small child. All of this is alleged. We don't know yet. Texas has not responded to request for comment. Uh, let's go to Petty Wars. I love it when athletes' fathers get involved in what's going on in their personal life. Jaleel Oka Was it Jaleel Okafer? I forget. Whatever first overall pick the Sixers had a couple years ago, his dad would go to games wearing shirts that said free jaw, as in free Jaleel, as in play him or trade him. But he sucks. I literally have no idea where he is now. He's terrible. OBJ's father made a YouTube video showing all the times OBJ was open and didn't get the ball. And would you like to hear the soundtrack? Hopefully I don't get sued. Here we go. Here's the soundtrack. I got the video pulled up. <laughs> oh, it's just slow-mo of OBJ not getting the ball. Oh, yeah. Sometimes everything is 
Uh, but if you scroll down on this BarstoolSports.com blog, you can show all of the times OBJ didn't celebrate with his teammates, all of the times he didn't block hard, and all of the times he dropped the ball. On like third and fourth down, I love Petty Wars. It's incredible. Speaking of Petty Wars, how about let's check in on how the Sixers fans are doing, right? They have Ben Simmons. He doesn't want to play for them. But you know who they really want? They wanted to trade for Damian Lillard. They probably should have pulled the trigger on that as early as possible. They should, probably should have traded, I don't know, Nick Foles to the city of Portland. I don't know. They should have got Damian Lillard. Here is NBC Sports Philadelphia. This is a game from last night in Philly, Portland versus Philly. Let's check in with how the crowd's doing. Listen close. We want Lillard. Chance going up here at uh, the center as the six-time... We want Lillard. I bet Lillard wants uh, to not be where he is either, to be honest with you. NFL trade deadline was an absolute dud, a snooze fest. Deshaun Watson couldn't be traded. Apparently, he was through this huge bitch fit, like in a little biatch fit about playing for the Texans. And he's like, I'll go anywhere. And then he was like, uh, Philly was like, how about here? And he was like, nah. And then Carolina was like, how about here? And he's like, nah. So he wants to be traded to Miami. Miami was thinking about it, but then they demanded to talk to Watson. And at this point, this is what we know was reported. So the owner of the Dolphins, Stephen Ross, who's a bajillionaire, obviously, he wanted to talk to Watson. So in order for an owner of another team to get permission to talk to a player, there has to be a bunch of people like the league, because like, you can't tamper. And allegedly Stephen Ross had the opportunity to talk with him two nights ago before the trade deadline on 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Tuesday. However, whatever he found in his conversation with Watson was not adequate for him to trade for the player because you can't trade for this guy who has all these allegations against him. If you do that, you're risking your team's future. If you trade for him and you get three first, pick, first round picks and then like two starters or whatever Houston was asking for, which was crazy, which is what they deserve. He's a franchise quarterback. And then he goes to prison or uh, the league suspends him for 30 games. They, they have to have safeguards in place where Watson has to play a certain amount of time or whatever in order to get the matter settled because you can't trade for a guy that you then don't have. So like there were, the reason the Watson trade is getting sticky was because of all of this. Now, the interesting part of this to me is that, and I don't know how well anybody knows this or how well it's been covered for you, is that Watson and the plaintiffs in the civil allegations of sexual assault against masseuses were, I guess, this close, this close to settling. However, and this is the weirdest part about this, reportedly, and this has not been refuted by lawyers or any parties involved, reportedly, Deshaun Watson wouldn't close the lawsuits to, or wouldn't settle them, even though they had a number agreed upon. They wouldn't settle the lawsuits because he would not sign a non-disclosure agreement, which sort of insinuates that he wanted to tell his side of the story. Now, NDAs and civil lawsuits are like par for the course. And if you're one of the women, you can't allow that to be part of his deal because then he's so much more powerful than you. And even if you are misremembering or whatever, I don't want to victim blame, he, he has the rest of his life in hundreds of millions of dollars. He'll die worth like two or $300 million. He has all this time and money and power in order to just kind of de just destroy you if he wants to. But if he signs the NDA, he can't even talk about it. You were dead to him. A lot of people do that. Keep it hush-hush, right? The number will always leak in terms of what was settled and agreed upon, but he didn't want to settle because he didn't want to sign a non-disclosure agreement. And a lot of people find NDAs morally reprehensible or whatever, but the ironic part about this is that if he had signed and settled the cases, I think he'd, been, I think he'd have been traded. There are a couple criminal complaints, which are allegations by a human being to 
a governmental authority. Uh, Watson is being investigated, but he has not been charged or indicted. He is a person of suspicion of these assaults alleged by people who are uh, claiming to be victims. And I say claiming to be victims in a legal sense, not in a, in a humanitarian sense. So if he had settled those lawsuits, uh, the criminal justice, justice system is set up so that money is punitive. So these women can say, hey, I don't know how I feel about this happening in, in, a, in, a, case, in a trial where all of my dirty laundry is aired and all that kind of stuff. Say, hey, if we make this rich person pay, that's punishment enough. Ironically, um, maybe from karma, he has to be on the Texans. He has to go to the facility every day and clock in and then leave. They're not playing him. It's a very strange situation, but apparently he turned the Eagles down. He turned the Panthers down. I read somewhere that he turned the Lions and the Broncos down, which I don't believe that, but he definitely turned the Panthers down and he kind of definitely turned the Eagles down. It was an absolute mess. Melvin Ingram was traded from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Where the hell did he go? Kansas City? Yeah, they need help. Kansas City needs help. Speaking of Kansas City, let's go find, I'm going to check in with their friend Dan Orlovsky. Dan, have you said anything really stupid or crazy lately? Speaking strictly to the quarterback, mechanically, he is the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. now I know what that sounds about? like. Who do you think he's talking about? Who do you think he's talking about? Is it Patrick Mahomes? He is. That's who he's talking about. Mechanically, he's the worst quarterback in the NFL right now. Uh, yeah, I kind of believe that. He's not playing very well. The Chiefs are trash. I think he leads the NFL in interceptions. Not a great situation for Patrick Mahomes right now. That's going to do it for this episode of Interesting to See. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Etc. Etc. I'll be back in better than ever previewing Thursday night football. We're going to do our first D- DFS preview of the year. I got to get better at the gambling fantasy part of this show. Like, rate, review, subscribe. Etc. Etc. See you tomorrow.